0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. We are in a series right now, Summertime Stories. Have you enjoyed this series? This month, it's been great. Just reading the book of Acts and finding out what happened to Paul. We learned about Paul's conversion how he was a man who was persecuting the church, and then he became a believer and started sharing the story of the good news of Jesus Christ, he was radically changed. And then we learned last week about Paul and how he got shipwrecked and snake bit and ended up on the island of Malta. And so if you're taking notes today, we're gonna jump right in. And the title of this message is Strategies to get through the storm. Strategies to get through the storm. So we're gonna go backwards and we're gonna look at what happened to get him shipwrecked on the island of Malta. We're gonna talk about the storm. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for today. God, your word is so thick and it's so real. And I pray, God, that as we read this story, that you teach us, prepare our hearts to receive, God, And I know there are some people in this room right now that are going through some very difficult times. And Lord, I pray that you would give them uh, the word, God, that they would just soak it up and that they would walk away here changed today. Lord, speak through me. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. amen. Okay, so as you turn to your Bibles, we're gonna go to Acts 27, Acts 27. And I want to give you a little background of where we are up until this point, okay? So Paul is a prisoner, and he got there because he was preaching the good news, and the the Jews did not like what he was doing. He was talking about Jesus, he was proclaiming this Christ, this Messiah, and they did not like it. And so they brought him to the Roman courts and to the officers and wanted him to be put in prison and accused of stirring up trouble. And our story picks up where Paul is a prisoner and he's on his way to Rome, okay? Now, he's on his way to Rome because he decided that he would appeal to Caesar. So, he's getting tried before the court's there in his home, and then he decides, hey, I want to go to a higher court, I'm gonna appeal to Caesar. And he could do this because he was a Roman citizen, so it gave him that right. So he appeals to Caesar and we're gonna pick up in verse 13 of Acts 27, so read with me. It says, when a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly and a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. Okay, we're gonna skip down to verse 18. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. How many know it's bad when you are throwing the things you need overboard amen it's bad the terrible storm raged for many days blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone no one had eaten for a long time finally Paul called the crew together and said men you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete you would have avoided all this damage and loss but take courage everybody say take courage Take courage, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand before Caesar. What's more, what's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. Say it again, say take courage. For I believe God, it will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island." Okay, so this is our story, but before we get into the strategy of the storm, let's talk about storms. How many of you in this room, you hate storms? They start coming and you just, okay, okay. How many of you love storms? You are a front porch sitting watcher of storms. You're a tornado chasing, anybody in here that extreme? Okay, hands went down a little bit, not that much. I, as a child, I hated storms with a passion. The lightning would strike and I was on my knees praying for God to come rescue me. I really think storms were for my prayer life back in the day. It was building my faith. It really was working on me. I lived in Memphis for a couple of years and I remember as a child in Memphis, there would be a siren that would go off when there was a tornado warning. Why? A siren as a child, you would hear that. It would terrify me. Just this siren just keeps going. It was awful. I hated storms. And in this story we pick up in Acts 27, this was something in that area that was very common. That area, this was the late fall, getting into winter, and the Mediterranean Sea was used to a lot of storms. That, remember we read the northeaster wind. It was known for that. Winds would come off the cliffs, and it would just come in really fast and abruptly. And in life, that's what happens to us. Isn't it the truth? Sometimes there are seasons where there are a lot of storms, and sometimes they come in abruptly. And Jesus warned us of this. He told us this. In John 16, he said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Everybody say, take heart. Because I have overcome the world. Amen? That's what he told us. And you know, when I think about that, storms are just inevitable. If I want the easy life, if I want to be comfortable, I'm not going to commit I'm not gonna start serving. I'm not gonna give in kingdom builders. I'm just gonna sit and let everything be great. I'm so blessed, it's wonderful. But if I truly wanna make a difference in life, if I'm really aiming for supporting and loving and serving the Lord with all of my heart, surrendering completely as we sang about this morning, then get ready because the storms are gonna come. They're gonna come either way, right? But if I want to make a big difference, and that's what Paul was doing, he was making a huge difference. And, you know, as I, I started reading about this, I wanted to know, what does God say about storms? You know, what is he in them? What does this look like? Because I don't know if you're like me, but I want to know who caused the storm. You know, why, why am I experiencing this? I ask a lot of questions. But I know from Scripture these things. I know that he uses the storm. I know that he speaks peace in the storm. I know that the winds and the waves have to obey him. I know that he sent a storm to get Jonah to go into the right direction. And I know that he is with us in the storm. As Hosea 6.3 says, as surely as the sun rises, he will appear, he will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. And lastly, this is my favorite, we know that as Romans 8, 28 says, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Amen? My daughter, one time she had mosquito bites all over her legs. And she was three probably and she prayed and she was saying, Mom, please ask God to take away the mosquito bites. And, it, I mean, it was a cry out from a three-year-old. And so I began to say, I'm going to have a mom moment here. And I'm going to say, hey, sometimes God just, he wants to be with you during this time. And, and he may not heal you right away. You know, just building her faith a little. And, and I said, it's for a purpose. And she said, I don't like purpose. <laughs> I don't know if you, but uh, you're like me. Sometimes I don't like purpose. Amen. Amen. So no matter what storm comes along, because of Romans eight twenty eight, we can trust that God is working all things out for the good according to his purposes. Amen? So since we're going to go through storms, let's talk strategy. This is one of my favorite things. I love to be strategic, right? Let's get ready for the storms. If they're coming, let's get ready for them. Verse 27, we're going to pick up there in Acts 27. It says, about midnight on the 14th night of the storm, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. They dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep. But a little later, they measured again and found that it was only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Have you ever been there praying for daylight? Amen. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. Everybody say stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. So if you're taking notes this morning, the first strategy we're going to talk about, this is what we're going to do. It's just what Paul told the people. He said, stay aboard. Number one, stay aboard. We've all been there. We've been praying for daylight, praying God take this away, looking for any way out. Now, I have to tell you this about me, and this is really hard for me to admit, but I hate cooking. I'm not the trophy wife. I'm sorry to Andy, my husband, but I'm not that girl. I don't like cooking because it means that I have to follow a set of directions, and it means that I have to just do something that takes a long time. I want a quick solution, right? So I decide one day I'm going to be the trophy wife, and I'm going to make mashed potatoes because that's what every Southern girl does, right? You make mashed potatoes. Okay, so I go to make mashed potatoes and I have no idea what it calls for. So I look and it says something. I think it's evaporated milk that you put in mashed potatoes. Is that right? Evaporated milk? Okay, yes. Evaporated milk that you put in mashed potatoes and we have none. So I I, I open the fridge. I think, what do we have that looks like white creamy stuff? And one thing I always have in my fridge, always, is creamer. Coffee creamer. Why not a little French vanilla mashed potatoes? So, true story, I put it in the the, the mixer and we I don't even know what utensils are called. The mixer. Am I right? Okay. I put it in the mixer and we are about to eat, and I didn't I forgot to mention we had guests coming over that night. Oh man. And uh I didn't tell Andy, I said, look, we're, th- this is gonna be great. I thought I had just invented the best mashed potatoes. I'm gonna be on shows, this is gonna be great. And he doesn't hold back, so he took that first bite in front of our guests and everyone, what did you put in these mashed potatoes? So I never tried that again. But Paul, in our story, he didn't look for a quick solution. He wasn't like me. He was urging them to stay aboard. In fact, this storm just wasn't a, a one-day thing. It, in fact, Scripture tells us they were on, for, on the ship for two weeks from Cotta all the way to Malta for two weeks. The sailors were ready to give up, and they decided to go to the lifeboat, and that was something that was done when the sailors thought there's no hope. The ship is about to go down, so we're going to give up. And look at verse 31, Paul warns them. He says, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. God has called us to not look for the easy way out to stay. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. James one, two through four, is so encouraging to me when I'm going through storms and I need to be reminded to wait and stay. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It's an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Everybody say, let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Those words, endurance, let it grow, they're not the most exciting words, right? When I'm running long distances, that is not the most exciting workout for the day. Endurance is hard. And we can sometimes be in a hurry to get out of our storms when God wants us to stay aboard. And let's keep reading in our story in Acts 27 and pick up in verse 33. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke off a piece and ate it then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. Now, when I read this, I imagine this looked a little funny. Here is Paul and they've been on this ship for two weeks and I I can imagine it is just crazy out there. The storm is raging. And Paul is saying, hey, has everybody eaten? Have you eaten? I don't know if you have um, a a grandparent like this or you have somebody in your life that has to make sure that you've eaten. Does anybody else have that person in their life? My grandma, every time we go over to her house and she is cooking, it's like, Marla, did you eat enough? Get a second plate. We've got to make sure you're fed, right? Paul was making sure that they were taken care of. There's two things that Paul was doing here. Number one, he was saying, you're tired. It's been a long time. You need to make sure you're taking care of your physical body. And how many of you know, when we're in storms, sometimes that's the thing we let go. We stop taking care of ourselves We stop, and we've got to take care of our physical bodies. And this is where the second thing, and and this is the second strategy if you're taking notes. The second thing is we're going to fuel up for the fight. We're going to fuel up for the fight. So not only was he saying take care of your physical bodies, but let me tell you about the other fuel I'm talking about. He reminds them here of what he had said earlier that we read earlier in verse 21. He told them that there was an angel who came and visited him. And the angel said, hey, don't worry. The ship will go down, but no one will die. And in fact, he said, you will make it to Rome to appeal to Caesar. He said that, he called it. Now this wasn't the first time that Paul heard these words. This wasn't the first time. If you look back in Acts 23 verse 11, we read that the Lord stood by him and said himself, take courage for as you testified in Jerusalem, you will also do in Rome. So Paul's heard this now twice and he's reminding the men again of what God said. You see, sometimes we are looking for a new word in the middle of our storm but often he'll remind us of something he has already told us. He just wants to tell us again. Paul tells the men to take courage. The angel that visited Paul said the same words. He said, take courage. And the same encouragement, the same type of encouragement is what we hear when Jesus said, in this world you will have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Following take courage in verse 25, and I love this. Paul says this, it will be just as he said. How can we say that in our storms? Unless we know what he says. Unless we are reading our Bibles, unless we are memorizing scripture, unless we know. So in life, when we go through those storms, what does his word say about those? You know, I don't know if you're like me, and you've been in a place where you don't know if his promises will ever come about. God, you told me this. You said this to me. But God, will it ever happen? And that's when Philippians 1, 6 encourages me. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. You know, when you're faced with a bad report, and it doesn't look good, and you need healing... It's something you can't control. I look at 1 Corinthians 1, 8 through 9. He will keep you strong to the end. Come on, he'll keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says. Amen? He's faithful and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Memorizing scripture should be something that is in us. We don't have to wait till the storm comes. But what comes in us is what's gonna come out of us in those difficult times. Hear this. A man who is eating bread on a sinking ship is a man that is living off the word and the promises of God. You don't have to look like you're struggling. You can say, I am living off the promises of God. Matthew 7, 24 through 27 says this, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on the solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey us Obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. We, when I read that, I'm encouraged because it's going to rain on the good and the bad. It's going to rain if you are doing the right thing, you are living for Christ, you have Him in you, the storm is going to come. But where is your rock and where are you standing? And that is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to stay aboard and we're supposed to fuel up for the fight. And the third thing, the third strategy, and this is the last strategy I wanna give you today, is to take advantage of the opportunity. Take advantage of the opportunity. I, I remember in high school, it was my first time to fly commercially, and I was not afraid, I was excited, And a little nervous because I didn't know what to do. And I remember when they they came out and they started going over all the safety things, right? You're going to do your seatbelt. If the oxygen mask comes down, take care of yourself first. And I'm like, that is not very Christian. (laughs) We're supposed to love our neighbor more than we love ourselves. I'm not doing that. I rebuke you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it, It was like that. But I remember I was so dialed in. I was listening because I thought, if this plane goes down, I need to know where to go. And I looked up and they're talking about the people that are at the emergency exit. And all those people at the emergency exit are not paying attention. They, one of them's watching a movie, he's already in the movie. And I'm thinking, if this goes down, you're supposed to help me get off this plane? It just wasn't gonna work. Paul tried to warn them in this story. In verse 10 through 11, he says to the officers and to the sailors, I perceive this journey will be with injury and much loss. But here's the thing they don't listen to him at all until the storm comes. And when the storm starts, we read about it in verse 21, they listen and they do what he says. Now understand who's on this ship, it's officers, Roman officers, and it's sailors who supposedly know what they're doing, but they listen and do what he says. Think about this, a prisoner has the loudest voice in the middle of a sinking ship, in the middle of a storm. A prisoner is speaking up to them the storm did that for Paul. The storm gave him a voice. You know, God sometimes tries to speak to us when it's calm, but sometimes when the storm comes, that's when we start to listen. And that's what happened here. The people started listening to Paul. A prisoner had the most influence. You know, you might feel imprisoned and feel like you have no voice in the storm and you're waiting on a position of influence, but God will position you in a storm so you can be an influence. That's what God will do. In fact, you thought this was a sidetrack, it's getting me off of my journey, but this is where God had you all along. Storms can position you for your destiny. It's not a detour, it's on the way. And Paul was on the ship because of his own God-directed decision to appeal to Caesar. He made that choice. And you know, this is what's crazy to me, is that we never read about Paul's appeal to Caesar. It's nowhere in the scriptures. History tells us that in fact he did make an appeal to Caesar and it seems like that would be the story, right? Here is this Christian, this believer who gets to speak to the emperor. But that's not the story. The story was the storm. Some of you are worried about your destination. When will this be over? When will I have the perfect family? When will I receive my healing? When will this be over? I'm tired, God. I'm tired. And you're worried about your destination. I've been there. I've been so worried about the end. And God's telling your story through the storm. So we take advantage of the opportunity. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10 says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then he is strong. Those were Paul's words. Those were Paul's words. People are watching us. They're watching how we react to the storm and it will be a testimony. So we take advantage of the opportunity. So those of you who are, you like to hear a story end, just so you know, the ship does end up shipwrecked and they go and everyone swims to the shore and 276 people make it. No one is harmed. They make it on the island. It's just a good reminder in the storms that we should stay aboard. We should fuel up for the fight and we should take advantage of the opportunity. But here's the thing. We can have these strategies in place. We can be ready, but we all know what happens. This perfect strategy is ready. But then the storms come, the waves start crashing in, right? The rain's coming down so hard, you can't even see in front of you. You lost your bearing, you can't even take care of yourself. But storms come in and as the scripture said in this story, they literally block the sun. They literally block the sun. Now on a ship, it's expected to have things that get you ready for a storm. You have a lifeboat, right? You got the life jacket. You got all the things that you need to be ready for the storm. But there's one thing that's always there and it's the anchor. The anchor is always there. It's there when the water is calm and you're just out fishing. But it's also there... When there's a storm to keep the ship from being too battered, it keeps it in place. And Jesus Christ is our anchor. He is our anchor. He is the foundation on which we stand and that we will not be moved. The rains will come and the winds will blow, but our foundation is on Christ's solid rock. You know, often, I don't know if you're like me, but I look for God to stop the storm. God, just stop the storm. And you think about it, the anchor isn't there to stop the storm, but it's to stop the ship from getting battered during the storm. And that's what Jesus does for us, he keeps us in place. Whether it's calm or it's stormy, he keeps us in place. Using Jesus as our anchor makes us confident that we can get through any storm. Thank you for listening.